Dieter Dub Nation is in an uproar over one of their own players, Draymond Green. I don't know if you've been following this. Maybe you have. I'm sure you have. You're, you're an expert. You're a I'm media familiar. professional. So we're going to break that down a little bit because it is kind of interesting. And, and a lot of what we're going to talk about is very subjective, obviously, but it could be fun. And we're obviously going to preview the, the Hawks game tonight and the weekend's coming, which I have not been excited about in a long time, dude. Oh you ready, man? I'm rambling. It happen. <laughs> Here we go. It's Locked on Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A new open makes me dance. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Top Shot, uh, more specifically NBA Top Shot. NBA Top mm-hmm. Shot, future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at lockedon.nbatopshot.com. He is Dieter Kurtenbach. You can follow him on Twitter at Dieter. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Um, well, I guess let's just get into it. Uh, Draymond Green and said on his podcast, it was yesterday or the day before that yeah. when LeBron James breaks the scoring record next year in all likelihood, mm-hmm. that Draymond was going is going to miss potentially a Warriors game if it falls on the same night to witness history in the making. Mm-hmm. Before we start playing all these clips, because there's a weird history starting with Draymond Green joining clutch which is lebron's buddies uh, a sports management group that's kind of drew the ire of dub nation what are your thoughts first of all i guess on on draymond green just being a member of clutch do you care and, and what are your thoughts uh, draymond draymond's a very sharp guy and uh he, he decided that that was the best agency for him uh, i do think that there are certainly benefits to being aligned with the nba's strongest businessman slash player um lebron james <laughs> right? uh you know i mean there's no question about it lebron james is the league's biggest brand lebron is a is a universal name uh and clutch sports is a it, it's not some mom and pop thing that is a one hell of an enterprise that they have going on and rich paul's one hell of a businessman uh, i don't have any allegiance to them i also don't have mm-hmm. any reason uh to you know bash them really i mean i think that uh what most this is how about we go into the clips and then I'll, I'll kind of share Sounds it because I, I have kind of one big takeaway and not a lot of tentacles off of it. And uh, I don't want to necessarily I don't want to necessarily use the heavy artillery early. Fair enough. No, that's very fair. And and so basically like um, LeBron James, Phil Jackson infamously a few years back and maybe it was even more than a few. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He infamously referred to LeBron James's little crew as his posse, which drew yeah. a lot of criticism uh, some people, you know, uh, said there were maybe racial connotations to that. I, I didn't see that personally, but I could also understand uh, people being upset by it. Um, and, and among his group, you mentioned one named Rich Paul, who is the primary head of Clutch. Th- then mm-hmm. he has another close friend, Maverick Carter, right. uh, who I believe handles more of his be- media ventures, if I'm not mistaken. And right. uh, all the little exciting things they're doing with with videos, with movies. Space Jam sucks project. so hard. It was such a bad movie. <laughs> so hard. But my stepkid so who's 10 loved it. 
That's a weird thing, right? Is my stepkid saw that I made him watch the first one because I was so offended that he liked it. And yeah. then he watched the first one and was like, no, I still like the second one better. And it, be <laughs> and it was because of the kid wanting to play the video games. And it's just yeah. weird. Well, you know what? Credit to him because as a 33-year-old <laughs> adult man who saw it, I thought it sucked. And I was clearly the target market audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally with you. It was it was a bad movie, but it was um, so, so it was horrible. But so Maverick Carter, uh, this was a, a, a couple years ago. I think this was during the pandemic. Uh, was hosting this YouTube show, and Draymond Green was a guest on it, and he borderline slanders uh, Stephen Curry. Here's the clip. I'm gonna play about 30 seconds of it. This is Maverick Carter talking with Draymond Green about Stephen Curry's defense. I'm 38, haven't played a, a decent game of basketball, and probably. 18 years since I was 20, Steph would have trouble guarding me. But <laughs> but Steph is the greatest shooter in the world. When that motherfucker gets rolling, you can't stop him. Um, he can hit any shot from anywhere on the court. I'm going to stop it there. I apologize for the profanity. I'll try to edit that out of the audio version with video. Hey, deal with it. Um, so that was Maverick Carter basically saying Stephen Curry couldn't defend Kind of a bold statement, right? I, I, okay. I know he played what high school ball, maybe a small, some college ball, but that's uh, it might be a hooper. Who's to say? Fair enough, fair enough. But even if you haven't played in eighteen years, I mean, that's just a, uh -huh. a, a very arrogant type comment. Um, and again, he's such a, a fan, a biased fan, and friend of LeBron James that you know maybe there was some bitterness there from all those NBA Finals uh, losses. So then we fast forward to about a year and a half ago. This is Stephen Curry on his buddy's YouTube show, uh, and his friend is Chris uh, Strachan. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. His nickname is Kosizi, and he was on this YouTube show that only got about, like, you can see the numbers right there, 2,500 and change views, uh, and he was asked about those comments and other negativity. So here's Steph addressing that. What is it like to wake up in the morning? You have your own life. You got your family. Y'all are happy. Everybody's good, and you're on your, you're focusing your career. And like, you're locked in, you're doing your thing. And then you wake up and now you're the topic of conversation on every show in the morning. And they don't have nothing to do with you. Like, you didn't say nothing, you didn't do nothing. How do you even deal with that? Bro, I'm so glad you asked that because there's something, there's a top, there's a relevant uh, headline this morning. Yeah. From uh, somebody talking about my defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear it all. I don't go looking for it, but... I got so many people. I got I got some goons out there that send me every link possible. Somebody said, <laughs> "I know what's up." I, I you know my sense of humor and yeah. like I don't ever uh, get out been out of shape about the things I can't control. Mm -hmm. I have realized that with all the success that we've had and the heights that we've been to and just being front and center for you know five straight finals and all that type of stuff when you're actually playing games that matter mm -hmm. watching the michael jordan last dance documentary doing all that stuff like it puts yeah. into perspective when you're doing something great no matter what it is they're coming for you and mm -hmm. i'm so i'm like so secure in like who i am and who i know i am on the court that's why i never respond to anybody because either i'm agreeing with you or i'm laughing and, no, you don't. I mean, damn damn if you do, damn if you don't, and and there you go. So that was Steph uh, addressing that and talking about um, you like it refers to his people as goons, and then, yeah, he loves he loves saying that he loves saying he loves talking about his goons. I know a couple of his goons, <laughs> good people. <laughs> 
would love to be Steph's goon. And then here's the last clip, and this is Draymond Green on his podcast talking about uh, potentially missing a game if it means watching LeBron James break the NBA scoring record. Our entire family. All winning at the highest level. Like, you've achieved so, like I said, as as a friend, as a brother, as a competitor, I take my hat off to you, bro. They ain't never been done like you. And I don't know if in, in my lifetime it'll ever be done again. So to be able to witness that, it's been incredible, bro. And saying that, still trying to kick your ass. But no doubt, man. Congrats to LeBron, second all time. Probably in 50 more games or so, 50 or 70 games or so, he'll be first all time. And I can't wait to see that. And I hope, Steve Kerr, I'm throwing this out there right now. If LeBron James is passing an all-time scoring record and we have a game, I'm going to LeBron's game and witness history. And and he and he did add that he's you know he still wants to kick his ass. But uh, when we come back, let's break that down. And I'd love your insights, especially because this is one of those moments where my bias will come out, and your objectivity is going to be tremendously valued. Uh, but first, let's talk about Bet Online. Uh, okay. It's that time of year again. March Madness is ripping and roaring from all. And you and I love your compliment, by the way, about Chase Center. That is a fantastic venue. Well, it sounded uh, it sounded pretty good on TV last night, so uh, maybe it was a bit of wishful thinking on my end. But I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't. Maybe it was just good microphones from CBS. Did you notice how well <laughs> the game looked on television last night, as opposed to all the Warriors games? Another conversation for another day. But uh, I love that jab, my man, because I I'm all about <laughs> criticizing media, and you're referring to NBC Sports Bay Area's video feed. Yeah, you, totally you talking it. about upscale on 720p to 1080. Get the hell up out of here! It's 2022. Get a real, get a real damn encoder. I pay you too much money. Sorry, you want to talk about that online? Uh, yeah. Yes, please. I love that. Uh, but from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Do you have the line in front of you for the Warriors-Hawks tonight? If you don't, I do. I, what are you seeing? I'm seeing from betonline.net, the Hawks are favored by two and a half with yeah, an over-under of 222 the unders have been looking really good lately i don't know if you're uh <laughs> i think everyone's a little bit skewed from that time in orlando but uh <laughs> i mean if you just look at the box score and you go well where the hell are they going to get 120 points i think that maybe there's a fair argument to be had there uh regardless uh right now i don't know how anyone can confidently vote or bet for against betwixt the golden state warriors this team is strange unpredictable there's no doubt about that's that right. which that's is the right poison word. for the gambler um and it's not just basketball though with bet online it's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online it's where the game starts <laughs> Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available 
wherever you get podcasts. I love Stephen Curry. I think he's a genuine, humble, good dude. In all my interactions, it's been fun. I love his energy. And, and maybe you echo the same, the same sentiments. Nothing bad to say about Steph. Yeah, exactly. And But so what are your thoughts on Draymond Green's comments? It might have been a jest, but I mean, dude, he was like fanboying LeBron, man. What are your, what are your thoughts on all this? Him and LeBron are tight. And I think that uh, Warriors fans, here, here's what I wanted to say before we went into those videos. And I think it would have undercut the, the point of the videos, which is a, a fair enough point to make because we do want to try to get to the bottom of something that seems to be bothering Warriors fans out there. But I think what's really bothering Warriors fans, if we're being truly honest about this, is that they have their tribe and that tribe doesn't directly align with the tribes that exist inside the NBA. Warriors fans, their tribe is I root for this team and I ride hard for all the players on this team. But in the NBA, there are a lot of different tribes. And Mm -hmm. I think back to something Bob Myers has said a million times over. They're just subcontracting out basketball players. These are guys working (laughs) second jobs. When they had KD and Steph, both of those guys were making $35 million a year, $50 million a year from shoe deals. KD making a ton of money from Nike. The shoes have gotten worse, I would like to note. KD, come at me on that one in the DMs. But Because um, the, the, was it the 9 or the 10, the one with the laces on the outside, whew, that was a clean-ass shoe. It was fine shoe, marvelous shoe. Latest iterations, not so bueno. But uh, – Steph was you know, Under Armour's number one dude, still is, got his own sub-brand now. Mm-hmm. That is that is the majority of where their money comes from. Now, the money all emanates off of the fact that they play basketball uh, and comes off of winning and all this stuff. But when the Golden State Warriors are paying Stephen Curry $21 million a year, at least back then, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Kevin Durant $24 million a year, and the shoe companies are paying them $10 or in some cases, double that, where do you think the loyalty lies? I mean, truly, deeply. Um, And I think that the operative word in in Draymond's statement there regarding LeBron and uh, becoming the second leading scorer in NBA history and such was, you know, our family. And I I, I don't know the genesis of how Draymond went to clutch. I know that he was looking for new representation. That was very well documented. You heard going you know, place to place. He feels very strongly, and I, I don't feel like this is out of turn at all. He feels very strongly about uh, not necessarily just giving money to CAA. He wants to help build something. Uh, he, he has found a tremendous amount of pride in building up Golden State into what it is, but he's also a very sharp guy, and he mm-hmm. understands that the value comes from the talent that helped build it up, and that's the the... That's what Clutch is selling, right? This is organic. This is uh, grassroots. Yes, it's going off of LeBron, but this is, you know, by players for players. And these guys are a player first agency. And uh, priority is basketball players through and through. There's a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. happening, no doubt, but their priority is basketball players. And they understand what it takes to you know, best represent basketball players because of where they came from, whereas CAA, they best represent movie stars. And Wasserman Group does X, Y, and Z. And there are tremendous agents in all those places. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember if BJ Armstrong was with Wasserman when Draymond was there. Yeah. This is also the seedy underbelly of the NBA that the vast majority of people who just follow the NBA don't get into. But if you're dealing mm-hmm. in the actual NBA, if you're dealing with – 
the business, the transactions, the day in, day out of the NBA, these are concepts that you have to have a better grasp on than I have right now because I don't remember if B.J. Armstrong was with Wasserman at the time when Draymond left him. So these are the conversations. <laughs> and you might go like, what the hell does that matter? It matters. every it, Everything matters. All of this stuff matters. Uh, agents control everything. In a player-driven league, agents are the second most important entities. And regardless of how Draymond got to clutch sports and how you feel about that, he feels very strongly about clutch sports. He feels mm-hmm. like he is a he is an extremely valued member. He feels as if they've done him some wonderful things, and, and it's hard to argue that. He feels very strongly about clutch sports, and he feels very strongly about his relationship with LeBron. Him and LeBron are two very smart men who are just trying to navigate the situation. They're both from sort of the same area of the world, mm-hmm. and um, they see a kinship in each other. And good on them for finding adult friendships. That's hard to do. And <laughs> especially when you make as much money as those guys, they feel yeah. very strongly about it. So I don't, I, I, I personally, having understood that context going into it, don't have any umbrage. I understand that, you know, that's like showing up for, you know, a, a buddy when he's moving or, you know, mm-hmm. just doing, these are important things. These are milestones in life. This is going to a friend's <laughs> wedding. This is all these things. And that's a huge milestone for LeBron James, who's a very close friend of Draymond Green and uh, Clutch Sports ties them together, brought them together in that way and all that stuff. Uh, But it doesn't align with the tribes that we have created online with not just Golden State Warriors versus the world. And then, of course, Draymond on the court, right, representing sort of that unfiltered id of warriordom, right, of just going anybody i'll take anybody down uh, just yep. the meanest baddest dude out there uh that is so integral to how i think fans see the warriors it's how i see the warriors right like that's draymond green heartbeat of the team but then you also then have and social media skews all of this in just such a terrible way <laughs> but this is our world and so we have to accept and uh, and try to understand not only do you have i am fan of team all other teams suck i hate them they are rivals no in between because heaven forbid there be gray areas in the world anymore. But you also then just have player stands and <laughs> <laughs> there's the team LeBron because heaven forbid you actually be a member of a team that LeBron or a fan of a team LeBron James is on. Cause that's a good four year stretch. Uh, and then you got to find a new team. So they're yep. just team LeBron, <laughs> which, okay. You know, that sounds boring as hell, but whatever. And then you have, you know, you don't really have this as much with Team Steph because he's been on one team consistently throughout his career, and so that's usually just warriordom, and that's also intertwined. And Draymond is supposed to be it, – it's just very incongruent, I think. I think people have a hard time understanding, and it's not necessarily incorrect on their behalf. They have a hard time understanding how Draymond can be both Steph's best friend on the floor and good friends off it, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then also be friends with LeBron James because those two are supposed to be enemies. And by the way, you never hear Steph say an ill word about LeBron. Like that's just not his style. But LeBron has no problem punching down as he sees it to Steph. So it's incongruent, but life is messy. Relationships are messy. You can probably think about somebody in your life who you like, but your friends don't like. And then how can that all work out? Not everything's going to line up. Let me tell you, if you think life is messy, the world of the NBA and agents and <laughs> shoe deals and all this backdoor stuff, media, all this stuff, that's even messier. 
And it's, uh, I don't think it's good for the league. I think that this is all a big problem, a big macro problem for the league that this is somewhat of a Agreed. symptom of because we have now lost the connection to team. And team is the one thing that doesn't really move unless you have the Sonics and they're going to Oklahoma City. Players move, coaches get fired, oh. you know, the ball bounces, but the teams stay where they're at. And that's what people can attach themselves to and now they don't really feel that attachment because it's such a player driven league and players don't share the same loyalty as i don't know yeah. fans and, and buildings some do. Some do. i think St- Stephen clay and and, and to we'll a find out we'll find area. out yeah, but we'll you know what but yeah. truth be told you know they've also been in a really good environment all, 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 yeah. all things and things have worked out in that way like clay can't go anywhere else like clay got Clay tore his ACL and they're like, here's all the money you could ever want in the world. Yeah. And it also, and also Clay's personality is tremendous. Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green has taken, and we got to be clear about this. Draymond Green has taken less money every single time. Draymond Green has done the Tom Brady and that's not to totally conflate, but like Draymond Green is every time he's come up for a contract, he has played the hard bargain. He has gone hard. There has been Chris Haynes is coming out here saying, Oh, he could leave. He could go. And every time, not only does he sign, he signs for way less than I would argue yep. his market value is. And yep. he's helping out Joe Lacob in that regard. Now, he also makes it up because he has about four other jobs. He's working the Curtainbach plan, but it's <laughs> <laughs> all of which are paying way more than what I got going on. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I, the social media game doesn't allow for much nuance, and it certainly doesn't allow for a complex situation. And these situations are highly complex. And I think mm-hmm. that I think that Draymond should have been smart enough. And maybe he was. I mean, this is the other way to look at it. You would say, Draymond, come on, man. You know, you kind of stepped it in there. You should be smart enough not to go out here and, and kind of make that stink. But that stink also got everyone subscribing to the volume in the Draymond Green show, which, by the Damn way, right. day, day one listener, day one listener. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, go, it goes. I, I'd like to, I, I'd like to think that, you know, he, he brings on the great guests, but can he hold the 20 minute conversation with himself? Eh, who knows? Uh, whereas clearly I can. Yeah, I but uh, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to interrupt you for one second here. I, first, I want to see the Charles Oakley one. I haven't seen that one yet. And, and I feel like it, that, he came on, though, right? Isn't that one of the is a good one? I have to see that. But talking about complexities and the ever-evolving landscape of the NBA, messy. Uh, when you're a kid, it is messy, and it's co- whole life is complex. I, I really disdain black and white arguments for that reason, is just because things are not that simple in most cases. When you were a kid, did you uh, were you a baseball slash basketball card collector? Yes. Okay, so what do you think about this uh, this NFT world that we're suddenly emerging ourselves in, where? Because I, I prided myself on my collection. I'd go to the local liquor store mm-hmm. slash baseball card shop uh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> that was a cool neighborhood. It, it, it was, that's, that's what a lot of them were. It was bizarre. But, yeah. um, you know, but the, the, that's one example of how things have changed so much. This NBA Top Shot is a clear example of that. Yeah. They're the officially licensed NFT of the NBA um, I was stubborn in terms of accepting it. I believe in tangible products for the most part, but I also see the value. I mean, the fact that there's a blockchain coding associated with each individual NFT at least gives you that sense of security that, hey, this is not just a random JPEG I downloaded or not just a random GIF. Mm-hmm. There's, this is actually mine. Um, and NBA Top Shot's a great example of that. Uh, so, for example, like I would imagine. Cyrus, the, I got like a ton NFT- of Top Shots. I know exactly what you're talking about, baby. Wh- which ones do you have? Well, I, I have a James Wiseman one that I thought was going to get a lot more valuable. <laughs> still could, still could, still really. Maybe, 
Maybe. Let's hold hope. <laughs> Let's just say oh, it hasn't you. gotten any more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's very fair. The Kaminga one, I'm sure, is like insane. But how yeah, I missed out on that one. Yeah, that would be a gem. The Moses Moody one still might. But this is the yeah. future of what an NBA fan looks like now. It's part trading cards. That's what these are. It's it's akin to the stock market for the NBA where you're seeing mm-hmm. the value go up and down. It's Bitcoin of trading cards. I think that's the best way you can kind of explain these things where it's, yep. there's no set value. It's dependent on the value of the actual individuals within it and, and the scarcity of it. Uh, it's great for fantasy sports. And they, they even have an airline loyalty program for the NBA. They flew <laughs> out collectors to game five of the NBA finals last year. When you got investors like Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant, even Will Smith, Harrison Barnes or Harry, as you like to call him. I still Harry laugh Barnes, every yeah. time I think of that. Yeah, Harry Barnes. Um, it's, it's, there you go. This is a real thing, and it's here now. Uh, so NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Again, that is LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by our tried-and-true sponsor, Built Bar. Uh, which is James Wiseman, eat some of those, man. That NFT value needs to go up for Dieter because this gig economy, man, he needs help. And I need help. I'm not just speaking about you, I'm speaking about everyone. But Built Bar makes you feel good. It's nutritional, where it's got high protein, low sugar. Uh, is cookies and cream still your favorite? Have you tried that white chocolate one yet? I know we talked about that last time. I haven't. Get at me, Built Bar. Exactly. Send me some too, please. I want, the, I want that white chocolate cookies and cream. That is looking really good. And if you go to built.com and scroll down to the macro chart, you're going to be blown away. That's high protein. Stuff. It yeah. is, man. Low calorie, high fiber, low carbs. Most built bars have just 130 calories, nearly half of what a candy bar has, yet just four grams of sugar compared to nearly 30 on average with your candy bar. And on top of that, you're getting 17 grams of protein. I always say I love them because I'm not gorging. I feel full after I eat yeah. them, and I know I filled myself with something that is not toxic. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I completely agree with your sentiments regarding Draymond Green. And the Nike thing is huge. I feel like that's where uh, my gripe with LeBron ultimately is that he has tremendous influence on the NBA. Like, like you see too much. clearly too much. He has too yeah, much influence. Way too much. And, and I think the Nike thing is a huge part of it. I, I really think the shooting – and Michael Jordan is a billionaire not because of his playing career but because of Nike. Uh, and I wonder sometimes if Stephen Curry is does not get that same favoritism because of Under Armour, man. I really do think the financial motive and profit that comes from these shoe deals pl- influences and plays a part in all this. Whatever, I digress. That could be for another show. But but regarding the Draymond Green stuff, uh, do you think he should have maybe spoken out and defended Steph a little more when Maverick insulted the defense? Nah, I I don't I don't read into any of that stuff. Um... I if he had to go out and <laughs> cape for Steph Curry every every single day anywhere he went, he'd be an exhausted man. I, I just Fair. 
I don't. Uh, first off, it's hyperbole. He's trying to make a point. You know, if he wants to get ped- if Draymond wants to get pedantic and, and be like, well, no, he could guard like. No, duh, he could guard you. It's, <laughs> I think that I hear it. the point I that he it. was making is that Steph is not a lockdown defender. He's not somebody who's a two-way star. And, uh, we, you know, listen, Warriors fans know that deep down, too. That's why there was so much energy exp- expended this year, making the argument he's such a good defender this year. Because he, he was. He was a pretty good defender this year by Steph Curry yeah. standards. But, like, you don't want <laughs> Steph Curry on the ball – if Luka Doncic has it and there's 20 seconds left on the clock, like that's not your ideal situation for the Warriors, much less, you know, if you take the entire league into account. So yeah. it's hyperbole to prove a point. He got in his chuckles. Draymond's sitting there stone faced, not a fun <laughs> yeah. position for him to be in. But <laughs> again, everyone's looking for Draymond to just be Steph's Robin, to just be his number two, his most ardent yeah. defender, the guy who will fall on the sword for him all day, every day, because they yeah. see they see the connection and the passion and the chemistry that those two have on the basketball court. And they think that that necessarily basketball has a very funny way of being uh, a perfect expression of one's personality. Like I was I was commenting to my wife the other day as we're watching the game. Because she's like, oh, it's so great that Kevon Looney got ads because she knows how much I think Kevon Looney is a great player and he's doing these fit eight ads. And I go, uh, isn't it really incredible how uh, like Kevon Looney's ads are really boring and he kind of plays this really boring style. And then you talk to him and he's not exactly the you know, the most uh, energized and entertaining dude. Great guy. Nothing, nothing yes. bad to say about him. He's just not a high energy person. And everything about his game and his ads, he's just not a high-energy person. You, I, I don't know anyone whose basketball game is totally incongruent with their personality, which makes the sport <laughs> so beautiful and wonderful, right? Like, it is – He's even keeled, yes. It's, it's just – it's it, basketball is, is, you know, how you express yourself. You can't fake it on a basketball court. There's personality built into the game. And so when you see that, everyone just – you know, I would, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, they're extrapolating – the personality from the player and the way that they play. Not that they're just looking at the player and think that is that person. Let's just say they extrapolate, they get benefit of the doubt. They see so many connections across the league and say, yeah, that that's it. And they see the connection that him and Steph have. They see how Draymond would, would die for Steph on the court and yeah. how he's his number one defender, his number one advocate. He is his perfect sidekick, all that stuff. They complement each other in so many ways. And it's very difficult to understand why that's, you know, they're not like that off the court too. Like why they're not those guys next to each other. And it's just because I don't know, life is complicated and different and weird. And Draymond, Draymond wants to be a big media guy. Like Draymond wants to go out there and be in front of every camera. And while Steph certainly doesn't mind doing that, honestly, I think that's more, you know, he, he wants to be at home. He wants to be with his family. He wants, you know, he wants to do TV shows, but only if it's with his wife, like he, they just, they're, they were in different places in their lives mm-hmm. for so long. And I, again, I don't feel like I'm out of turn saying this. I, I'm not fully <laughs> familiar with the intricate, intimate details or anything. But like Steph has had kids for a lot longer than Draymond's had kids. And sure. Draymond has changed. And he, he said this time and time again that he's changed a lot since Draymond Jr. came around. And um, I love that kid, by the way. That's a cute he's fantastic. Kid, yeah. But, you know, and yeah, Draymond's I mean, also, you know, Draymond has two kids and and. One of them came from an outside relationship. It wasn't his, you know, he, he brought, he brought his daughter in uh, to the family and all that stuff. And it's, 
nothing but class across the board with all these guys, but that doesn't mean that off the court, their priorities are perfectly aligned, even though sort of on a macro level, you look at it and you go, yeah, these guys should, they don't have to be in lockstep in everything that they do. And I think Draymond probably feels like he has more, more in line with LeBron than, you know, as a person and as a friend than maybe he does with Steph sometimes. And we, we can yeah, all I, relate to that situation. I totally agree. And, and, and my only two thoughts on this is one, I continually forget just how profound of an influence LeBron has on mm-hmm. a certain age group. Like, like I just, I, yeah, I, I don't I get it. Yeah, a, I, I gave up saying. a long time ago on trying to understand that exactly. But at the same time, when I was young, I mean, I revered Michael Jordan, not personally, but as a player, it was just, just you didn't have awe. to you didn't have to reckon with the personality of it all that often either yeah. right like that's the thing yeah. too now you're having to reckon with the whole person as they are presented and a lot of the time it's more than they should be presenting <laughs> just for their own benefit and so you're having to reckon with the basketball player who is one entity and even though mm-hmm. those personalities might be aligned, there's a whole other adult man and a human being and a businessman yes, and an entrepreneur and a father and all this stuff that you also have to reckon with and just a friend and a son and all this stuff. And it's not – the image of somebody is so much broader these days. We It's incredible that we have that and you know, credit to those who don't want to give it to us. Like, But we have this very broad image of somebody and – you know. The, the man off the court doesn't always necessarily align with the man on the court. And I think that that's yeah. difficult for some people to understand. And I know it's difficult to handle as somebody who has to be, you know, who has to cover these people and understand kind of what makes them tick and, um, you know, understand that, hey, I can criticize the basketball player for sucking tonight, but that doesn't mean I think he's a bad person. And by the yeah, way, no, I'm with you. By the way, there are a lot of bad people that I can say are great basketball players or football players or whatever. I have to reckon True. with that side far more often. True, too. Um, and, and the second point is, uh, and, and I'll take a, a t- step back for a second into my childhood. I've, I've cried yeah. twice in my life when it comes to sports. Oh, you got to cry more. Baby. Uh, that's that's good for the soul. <laughs> well, the first well, the first time was 1988 when uh, Kirk Gibson hit that home run off Dennis Eckersley. Yeah, I cried, man. I was a little kid and I cried. The second time was uh, a year or two later. I think it was two years later when Matt Barr hit the game-winning field goal in the 1990 NFC Championship game, That's preventing one. the Niners three-peating. Yeah. And then there was almost a third time, and that was in 2016 when they ultimately lost to the Cavaliers. But I was, yeah. I was a very grown man to that point, and I fortunately held the tears in. But the point is, is that there is a bewilderment from the Warriors fan base in terms of remembering the emotions of that series, remembering the animosity that felt so real on the court mm-hmm. between LeBron and, and, and Draymond. LeBron calling the NBA, getting that that uh, retroactive flagrant on Draymond to take him out of game five. And then here we are now they're buddies. And it's just it's just really bizarre and, and it's hard yeah. to comprehend. But it's like you said, it's no, you're a gray right. area. Life is complicated. It's not a gray area. Stuff changes, man. Like life moves on. And if LeBron and Draymond can move on from that, why can't some people out there? I mean, but the gray just comes from that. It's just that that how totally. the you're, no, you're right. evolution you're right. of growth. You're 100 percent right. That. But we can't gotta stop living in the fat past, baby. It's all yeah. about the future. It's all about these NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> And we didn't even talk about Warriors Hawks tonight, but really, I mean, I don't Ugh, there isn't much really to talk about. I mean, we'll 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 break it down next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, gives, who gives a shit? I love it. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend, my man. Uh, Thanks, you too, man. <laughs> 
Thank you, dude. And thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like this show, which you can follow on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. You can follow Dieter Kernbach on Twitter. Your Twitter content is fantastic, brother. At Dieter. I'm trying really hard. I have a whole team of Indonesians working on it day and night. (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter at Docs or Frocho. Peace.